And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Regina Nissan, presenting sponsor of Off the Hosel Podcast. And this month, you can get into the all-new Nissan during the Let's Go Nissan sales event. At least the 2021 Nissan Kicks during the month of November for 1.5% for 36 months. Or check out and pre-order the redesigned 2022 Nissan Frontier. The redesigned 2022 Nissan Pathfinder and Nissan Frontier have returned to rugged with today's technology. Make sure to head down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan, or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. Drive Nissan. Alrighty, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel, episode 104. My name is Drew Koser, I'm your host, joined by Stack Guy Rip, Turner Ripplinger, joined by Tori Coughlin, and not joined today by Troy. Three T's and one D, but one is out today. So, uh, boys, what? we're back. So back. We're back, episode 104. Uh, what's going down? What's up? How are things? Hope everyone had a happy new year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Happy new year, everyone. Happy, safe new year. Yep. Now we're now we're here. 104. <laughs> people people probably I'll thought start. we were going away. But we weren't. Tori, how are you? Talk about the new house. What's I'm up? dandy. New house good. We're pretty much ready. We're we're rolling. We're rolling. But I got I'm getting shipped off to freaking georgia north carolina tonight so that sucks but wow but the house stuff is exciting and, and it's it's all good and that's about it man we had a good christmas good new year's so turner how are you doing well back at it for hockey and everything going on school starts tomorrow whoa back to school yeah back to school i haven't done school in a month oh college my. breaks are nuts <laughs> What are you taking, Turner? Basket weaving. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, barely getting by. Yeah, barely getting by. Grinding. Yeah. We play this weekend against Babcock and the boys now. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-oh. Mike. Oh, the old Huskies Cougars. Is, it, is, is this one live or is this like a reg season or is it? Yeah, it's regular season. Oh. Back oh, in it. Thrown right into it. Let's go. Hey, hey, Turner. Welcome to the fucking show. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Mike and yells at you across the A's. Yeah. Welcome to the fucking show. I like that. That was good. That was good, Tori. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Before we get going any further here, we got to mention this is a Nissan driven podcast. Number one place to get next vehicle, oil change, or any vehicle related needs. Located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. You need to get a vehicle, just go to the easiest location in town, 11-11. Pretty easy. 1-1, one, 1-1. One, one, one. 
Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan. Time today, make a switch to drive Nissan. Drive it. Boys, I had a time last night. We were at Divots. Went golfing with one of my buddies. He, well, you guys know him. Uh, good player, too. Hardcore. Never heard of him. Had a time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My brain in the club wins everything. I'm, I'm never <laughs> recruiting guys ever again to the Royal. <laughs> yeah. So he comes out. We golf. Have a good time. I uh, haven't been there all year because I've just been so busy with hockey, but place was cool. It was, it was turned it was, up in there, it too. It was buzzing. Oh, yeah. The lights were on. <laughs> it was going. What's this song called? Turn on the lights. I think you're just making up shit now. That's yeah, yeah, so. that, yeah that song. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, David's what a place. Check it out. Um, it was fun. Okay, open pit, my favorite part of the podcast. Turner, Tori. Uh, do you want to do hockey first? Golf, Oilers, Leafs. Uh, where is that? Oh. Uh, I'll bitch about the Leafs first. What a disappointing loss last night. That's as tough. we record on Sunday. Four and answered. Yikes. Oh my goodness! I I stopped even watching the score. I was like, okay, it's over. Nice win. Schnarf. <laughs> Schnarf. Not against the Avs. I couldn't believe it. Nope. Like it was four nothing or four one, and I was like, oh, here it comes two, three, four. Overtime, you knew it happened. Overtime, they, they got their yeah, points. You knew, yeah, you knew they weren't winning it. <laughs> no, as soon as you got the overtime, so that was tough. We can, hey, we can shit on Troy's Oilers right now. Absolutely, we can. I have shit on Koskinen too. Koskinen, junk. Yeah. That team is. I don't know right now. It's a shit show. They got a lot of work to do. Did they, they were, were almost first in the division to like eighth. They were, <laughs> they were almost a lock to win that division. Now they're sixth place in that division. Oh. Lord. Yep. What do they do? Do they gas tip it? No. They, they should just go find a goalie. Yes. That would help. <laughs> yeah. Would There's help. a guy. His name is Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> exactly the He's guy. He's playing for a non playoff team. I think they said it like 14 podcasts ago that Fleury should be going to, to Edmonton. And you got the worst goalie in the NHL complaining about his teammates, Koskinen. Shut up. Yeah. That guy's junk. You've one job, one job only. Yeah. It's, and it's two. Safe bucks. Yeah. He's calling on his teammates. Yeah, maybe they're not playing the best, but he sucks too. I would love to have Troy. Hey, Connor, uh, do you mind scoring some more goals for us? I just Connor, I'm having Leon, a hard time. You guys are two points per game. Can you score more? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough. Uh... Handle your load, bud. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Know your role. <laughs> that wagon is no longer a wagon. No, they're struggling every day. So, if you're no other fan, I'd be a little worried. Dark horse wagon, though. Nice. Anaheim Ducks. Really? They did hot right now? Yep. Oh, yeah. Wow. Play nice. Play nice. They, uh, I was never like, I was never, I think I, I may have talked about this. I was never a Zegers fan, like with the whole World Juniors thing and everything like that. And then I watched him on a sandbagger and then he, goes viral with his move and i just see him like his personality and shit i love this kid i think he's hilarious and he's, he's a rock star. yeah and he's nasty he's a rock star you're kind of like tory you know just gets it done just gets it done no I, I i've loved listening to him on like like chicklets and cam strick and stuff no free shout outs but uh but he just seems like a normal he's just like a kid yeah like it's like a 
like a high school kid talking. He's just like, oh, yeah, this is fun being in the NHL and lighting it up. He's Troy Bolton like, in the NHL. From like high school, <laughs> musical, he's Troy Bolton. Yeah. I've uh, never seen that movie. I'm old. We're, we're jumping around here. Pittsburgh, too. Pittsburgh had one ten in a row. Her first loss wasn't last night, though, right? Yeah, they lost yesterday. You know what it was, though? They were up two rep two against them. Afternoon game. Can't play them. Yeah. They're a battle for anyone. You don't think the boys were buzzing the night, I, the night before? Yeah, I play an afternoon game every weekend. Yeah, well, they're and they're tough. So Penguins are hot. Lost last night or last afternoon. Yeah, but... they're still only nine one and one nine one nine and one in the last ten. Lost my forgot my tongue at home. Julio Jones is going off today for Tennessee for the record. Okay, NFL. Yeah, let's let's chat about that because <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. So yeah, I'm not that into it. I'm just watching right now. He's having a day. How about Antonio Brown? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what a clown. <laughs> I love it. You love how it? Does he, I thought it was how does he do that and not think, hey, this is a bad idea? I'm gonna be ridiculed forever for this. Because he's done worse things, I think. No, yeah. that's true, but holy shit. Yeah. I just didn't like I don't know why you didn't like leave the field, like walk off, like just leave. If you're if you're gonna leave, just no, he had to. I heard from my teammates were just bullshitting that uh that a girl came out that Antonio Brown is with the night before, you know, and uh he he told her he's like, watch what I'm good gonna do tomorrow. Rumor mill. Really? So he kind of had that planned. Huh. Yeah, heard that. Well, I didn't like it. I feel bad for Tom Brady. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Well, Tom was like an advocate for him and like got him there and gave him a shot, but and then does that? <laughs> it happens. The, okay, the I Tom ask Brady you. rehab program. Yeah, TV twelve. What? Uh, Tori, thoughts on the? I mean, Tony, you're here as well, but you were actually in Mexico. There you were. Yeah, Cancun. Episode one hundred and three was uh, JC Deacon Deeks. Tori set that one up for us. Uh, thoughts on that one boys i mean that was a few weeks ago now but thoughts on that episode that was a fun chat and it was absolutely highlighted you guys got to watch the youtube video of rip's hat that i think <laughs> i think rip's hat was the mvp of the entire show absolutely his caddy hat i bought that off my boy julio on the beach julio jones sanchez <laughs> yeah juan well, that's nasty. Yeah, I, I like the interview, though. It's fun. He had a lot of uh, good insight, just not only what he does, but how he does it and, like, recruiting for college. And, yeah, I, I learned a shit ton. It was cool. And he's a good dude. Yeah. No, he's deadly. He was su- super cool. Like, I hung out with him. Well, I shouldn't say hung out with him, but I, I spent a lot of time on the golf course with him. He was an awesome player, a cool guy, just really fun to be around and. And I learned a lot too. And I say it, I feel like I say this every episode. I could have gone another hour with him. Like yeah. I didn't even ask half the stuff. And I think I said that last episode, but no, he was he was deadly. Yeah, he was uh not short on anything. He was good. It was a good episode. I, I think we'll do it again down the road, but yeah, I liked it. Rip. Yeah, deadly dude. Good chatting with him. Um he played at this course that maybe people have heard of uh Augusta. Yeah. Where's is it, is that like South Wyoming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? As, Sick. as BY would say, 
Disgusta. <laughs> Disgusta, <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> A jolly rancher. <laughs> What's that thing again? Oh, yeah. The Toyota 4Runner. <laughs> yeah, the, the Kosovo mobile. Unbelievable. I missed that. We, spoiler we spoiler alert for David's golf. <laughs> Why? Wasn't, wasn't that your boy you had on the phone with me? Oh, yeah. Kozak. Kozak. Meatball. Yeah, hope, he, hope he doesn't hear this episode. <laughs> yeah, he thought Tori was uh, Keith Yandel. Idiot. <laughs> so, okay, what uh, what else we got here, Turner? Tori, these are my uh, two sport gurus, so fill me in. Golf. Golf, yeah, PGA. Yeah. Cameron Smith yeah. and the boys. Our golf podcast. Yeah, right, sorry, and local only. Um, yeah, let's rip up the golf. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Well, they're still golfing as we're recording right now, but I'm looking at it, and Cameron Smith and John Rom tied for first at dash 26, lighting big, it up. Big lead. Five yeah. shot lead. Yeah. Minus 26. Yeah, they're just playing against each other right now. <laughs> it's like Xbox. How about, how about Phil hitting dog dog onto uh, that 675 yard hole? Is that not? Is that 18? Uh, I think oh, so, yeah. 18. I was watching like clips of like the best shots on Instagram today on that hole. Guys are just like slinging hundred yard slices and draws because it's you got to carry water and everything. Yeah. So and they the balls are run out like seventy yards. Jeez. There's some nasty shots. Tiger had a few in there. Bubba saw a Bubba one. That hole just is for Bubba. Oh, it was all all time clips. Yeah, it was just yeah, like Bubba, Bubba had that, that nasty hole. one. I remember second that. shots. Yeah. What, um, hey, do you guys see? We had absolutely applaud for the boys, but those new stealth drivers just all, yeah, the whole, the whole line, just a joke. When I saw it, to... I'm like, we gotta, get, I'm like, get me fitted right now. Call Langer. You want me to text you my address so you can send me one? Yeah. I'll get my, they look so nasty. <laughs> they're unreal. And I used my wedges last night. I don't know if I can tell how much I used or I can tell how much they're, how, how good they are indoors, but. They feel unreal. They feel smaller though, because they're not like the the raw face, the, the wider ones. Those, yeah. But oh yeah, you had the you had the was a big toe. Yeah, high toe. High toe. Yeah. They had the high toes last summer. So. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a little excited here, Tori. Uh, well, I'm we, excited for you to send me a driver. <laughs> as we saw <laughs> last week, what or no, this week we broke. You know, Nipwin's. Uh, it's open up again. Entries, best tourney. I, I love that place. It's a great place to be up there, to play up there. Uh, and a world-class, we'll say, uh, field all the time. Tori? I was on the phone I was on the phone with Turner. I'm trying to talk him into to signing up. He's, I didn't realize Turner was a three-cap. I said, go to Nip one, dude. Hey, he's trying to talk me up, blowing me. You trying to sewer, take my caddy away from me or what? Yep. <laughs> Well, maybe a little bit. Are you coming this year? No. Oh, okay. Well, well, I shouldn't say no. Uh, a, no. a soft maybe. Okay. Hard no. Hard no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking if, if I play up there this year, I think it'll be probably the Am Mid Am at Cook. Whoa. Is that where it is this year? Yeah. I'm yeah. Dirty. so excited. Dirty. Hope I did end. <laughs> I've got a half half decent track record there. 
at Kirk. But Humble brag. That's my last junior brag. win, actually, by the way. My last junior win was there. Not a big deal. Oh, at the uh, the junior northern? No. MJT. I was 17, oh. 18. Okay. 67. I think that was one by seven. Maybe after my time. 67, 70. Nice playing. And I had a brand new putter. It was the Odyssey tank. <laughs> oh, I love the tank. Tank. I used it I'm for actually one playing tourney. it right now. I used it for one tourney. I was lights out with it. Couldn't putt. I think I had the yips ever since that tournament. So maybe I, I only putt good at truck. I don't know what it was, but I made everything. No. Cook's Nailed dope, that. man. Nails. Nail Nails. All right, Tori, what else we got here? All right. We got to talk about serious, serious shit here. Alabama, Georgia, tomorrow night. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll it. <laughs> now, I don't think they're going to win, honestly. But but there's some psychological stuff going on, and this happens in all sports. All our listeners know. Kirby Smart, who's Georgia's coach, is 0-4 against Saban in his career. Georgia has lost seven in a row against Bama. Hammer. So they got some – they got the, the hamsters – twirling in their heads right now but also the law of averages said they're due to win one so i don't know okay so I, I, i'm like in an absolute mental pretzel about this game i have no clue what's going to happen but i say georgia wins so if you're a betting man and matt murley were to say is it everybody rides and we jump on bama or the georgia can you bet on college football oh, man oh yes gun, gun to head i i say bama still all right, there it is. Everybody but rides. I, I say Bama that. Bama. There it is. My wallet says Bama, but my heart says Georgia. Like, I, I really think Georgia's going to win, but if I had to bet on it, I'd say I'd say Bama. They've just got an edge on them. All right. Anyways, not many people listening care about college football, but they pretty might. big deal to me. <laughs> they might. Roll Tide. They might. Uh, Sports fans. Turner, anything here? I got nothing. All right. Well, let's go to our guest. Let's talk about let's talk about him first before we send it there. Um, he's a legend, beauty. We could have talked for seventeen hours. I felt like um, had a good story. Liked the questions. He's a legit pro. Um, boys, Tim Peel, Peeler, PLZ. Uh, thoughts on this interview before we did send it over to you know to him. Just another interview that could have went another hour. Um, this guy had so many stories and just so many name drops. Like he got to spend, he basically grew up and came up with a bunch of legends because the way he started in junior ref in there and then coming up with all those guys. So he had some awesome stories and uh, you get to see kind of the other side of hockey listening to him. Yep. Tori? Man, I thought he was deadly. It, it, it was it was funny. Well, the listeners will hear, like, there was times he'd ask a question. He'd go off for, like, five minutes. Oh, yeah. Just keep going. And then he'd talk so long that his story runs into another good story. Yeah. Just going yeah. yeah, so that was the cool thing. Or he'd ask no, he a question, was... and he'd answer, like, the next four questions that you're about to ask yeah. with one story. He, he was deadly. No, definitely. I, I loved it. I thought it was a really good one. All righty. Well, uh, let's send it over now to Tim Peel. We hope you enjoy it. Off the Huzzle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, 
hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. All right, we're pleased to have on today a longtime NHL referee. He has officiated over 1,300 NHL games, 90 playoff games. He's from Hampton, New Brunswick. Tory thought New Hampshire. He's totally wrong. Loves to golf. Huge beauty. Uh, after all that, we're, like I said, we're happy to have uh, Tim Peel join us today on Off the Hosel. And what a, what a guest to have today uh, in the new year. So, uh, Tim, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. This is legit. Like, like look at your quarters up for sweater. I kind of want one of those. That's national. Look at, right the, there. Look at the oh, background. It looks yeah. like the old NHL logo, but it's actually uh, a club we started here in St. Louis called Hockey Club of St. Louis. Okay. And uh, we we actually had to get the NHL to, to let us because it looks similar to to the the old uh, orange NHL logo. So. Yeah. Well, I love it. It looks great, and it looks great on you. So you look great, Tim. Um, first off, let's go right into it. How are things with you? What's new? What's happening in your world? I know things you're are good. Busy, things so. are good. Just busy here. You know, I've got two kids. Uh, I started late in life uh, with kids. I didn't get married till I was in my early forties. Had my first child Bronson, uh, which is a really cool name uh, at, at uh, 46. And then I had little Brielle. She's a horseback rider. Uh, had her at 48. So Bronson plays central States, which is the top, 2012 team here in St. Louis and Jamal Mayers, uh, the ex-player, uh, him and I are good buddies and him and I coach the team together, uh, practice tonight. And then we're heading up to Chicago for games this weekend. So these kids are really lucky. I try, I, you know, uh, jammers boy is a good little player and so is Bronson. And, and I tell these parents how lucky they are because you guys know the history of St. Louis. It was, it was back in the, I think it was the Brady Kachuk draft year where it was Logan Brown, Brady Kachuk, or no, sorry, Matthew Kachuk, Clayton Keller, uh, Joseph Wall, the goalie that plays for Toronto. And I'm missing one other guy. Oh, Trent Frederick. And there were five guys taken in the first round from St. Louis, which is unbelievable. You know, this isn't Toronto. It's not Detroit. It's, it's St. Louis, but these kids back then, the Logan Browns and the Kachucks and so on. They were all coached by Keith Kachuk, Jeff Brown, Chris Pronger, Kelly Chase, uh, Al McGinnis. You know, they were getting top-notch coaching and now it's trickling down. You know, it's, it goes in cycles. And now Andy McDonald, the ex-pros coaching uh, AAA, Jamal Mayers coaches this team. And I tell these parents, they're so lucky. Like where, where I was growing up in, in Hampton, New Brunswick, you know, our coach was whatever dad could get off work first, you know, <laughs> and these guys are getting, you know, we got to practice tonight and jammers running it like it's an NHL practice. There's so much structure. And, and you can tell when we, you know, when, uh, the league we play in, we're third overall and, and we got a good team and it's, and, and I'd say this to them, 
if I was coaching the team, we wouldn't be as good as, as we are because I was a ref and there was a reason I was a ref. I was a shitty hockey player. And, <laughs> and, but this guy, you know, he, he played for 15 years. He won a Stanley cup. Like he knows what it takes to, to make and to make a team successful. But I'll, I, I'll, I forget, or I'll, I, we, we had a uh, tournament in late September and we lost in the finals and he looked at me, he goes, Peels, he goes, this is awesome. And I, and I knew what he was going to say. And he goes, these kids need to learn how to lose. He goes, we're going to, we're starting in September and we're going October. We're building the foundation. Then we build the house and, and we build the roof and we build it room by room. And then when we go into January, February and get into the playoffs, he goes like, there's a process that, that he, yeah, that's the mindset that he has. So so it's a lot of fun, busy doing that. I was on with Frank Cerebelli and and the guys at Daily Faceoff this morning talking about a couple plays last night in the Blues and uh, Penguins game and and just keeping busy, just having fun and, you know, getting out there in social media and having fun at that. Pilsy, I want to ask you about that St. Louis thing there that you brought it up. And I don't think people realize, maybe after they won the Cup, like the Blues, how tight just like that program and alumni program is. And like we had Cam Jensen on, you know, months ago, but they, they skate like every day or twice a week. And it, it just seems like that team and the alumni, everyone just supports that team, almost like a junior hockey team in a small town. Yeah, the, you're right, uh, Drew. Like the, the, the Blues alumni, you should see their, uh, their dressing room. It's, it's in the same building as it's called the Centene uh, Ice Plex or Ice Rink. And it's where the Blues, they built it for the Blues, uh, their, their new practice facility. And you should see this alumni. They've got, a, they've got a lounge. They've got sofas. they got a bar because Anheuser-Busch is here in St. Louis and it's packed. But then you go in their dressing room, and this is just in the Blues alumni, and you see Larry Patey and Rob Ramage and Bruce Affleck and Kelly Chase and Jeff Brown and Jamie Rivers and Cam Jansen and Al McGinnis and Pronger and all these, and they all got a stall. And That's the awesome. alumni here, the alumni here um, is the second largest alumni in the league only to Toronto. And that's because of pure numbers, the guys, the Toronto has been around so long, yeah. uh, but the alumni here is phenomenal. And, and they do, they do so much. I, I do, I do a bunch of golf tournaments with them in the summer. They are out there supporting everything in the community. And that's why they're loved here in St. Louis. Like, you know, if, if Chris Pronger walked in, to the rink tonight where I'm at, he'd be as popular as Ryan O'Reilly walking in there a few minutes later. Like they just love their, that's awesome. ex- and that's why the guys retire here. Like Keith Kachuk's a good buddy of mine and he's got more money than, than anybody. And he could, you know, he just built a new house here, him and Chantel, and they could move back to Boston where he's from, but they just like, they love living here. It's a good small town. And, and yeah, the alumni is phenomenal. And all those guys have really given back like I mentioned earlier, as far as coaching and so on. So it's a lot of fun. It's fun being around them. And Yeah. That's awesome. Do, do you, do you ever lace them up with the boys and play with them? Yeah, I do. Every once in a while, they play every Monday and Friday at seven 30 and, uh, Dump and change you know, APLZ. Dump and yeah. Change. But <laughs> I just realized how, how friggin' slow I am now. And I'm like, you know what? But it's good. I go out there and get a little sweat on every once in a while with them. And, and we have a lot of laughs and, 
you know, Chaser tries to run me over and, <laughs> and uh, but it's, it's fun, but I think my playing days are gone or done. So that's awesome. But I got a funny story. So we're skate Panger and I, Panger and I are skating uh, December 23rd. We got our kids over at the at Centene. They got this outdoor rink and it's called the Bobby Plager rink and Bobby Plager, unfortunately passed away the same day that I found out I was done with the league and and Bobby was like a he was a legend here in St. Louis like he was just revered by the whole city and so anyway so we're going out skating December 23rd and Panger's got his grandkids out and I've got my son out Bronson and Jamal Mayer's got his son out crew and we're going over to the, over to the we're walking out and Perron's out there with his little guy and and uh so I forgot I had my my skate guard still on my you know Oh, no. so, <laughs> so I step on the ice and, and I just take a header and I go down hard and all you, all you just hear DP 57 Peron, he just go, he's laughing so hard and he's, and cause Panger was like off in the corner in the, of the building. He wasn't on the ice yet. He was getting a couple beers for us. And, and all you hear is Peron going, Panger, Panger, Peels, he just fell on his So anyway, <laughs> They're laughing and where they're all laughing at me. So we're driving home and Perron phones, you know, because he's David Perron, he phones the rink and he goes, because they got cameras everywhere. He goes, you got to send me the footage of Timmy Peel. And so I'm driving and all of a sudden he sends this clip of, of me falling and oh my God, we laughed. I texted him. I said, I'll get you. I said, I can't get you on the ice anymore, but I'll get you somehow. So that is gold. You know what? It's guys like him, Steiner, Alex Steen that just retired, Barrett Jackman. I forgot about Jack. He coaches here. The, just all the guys that stay here after. It's unbelievable. We have a blast. It's true. Didn't Jackman play for Regina? Captain of the Pats, yep. Yeah, he played for the Pats, yep. He looked 38 when he was 17, but that's... <laughs> oh, my God. He 38 when he was 15. <laughs> what a man. He won that. He won the Calder trophy uh as rookie of the year because he was playing with al mcginnis and he'll tell you that that's he'll tell you that's why he won it too but he won it he he was playing with al mcginnis yeah all right peeler let's talk about a young tim peel growing up in hampton what was it like what sorts of uh shenanigans were you getting up as a kid um you know what like i didn't uh I didn't have an easy life. I was, uh, I was left at, at an adoption agency in Toronto. Um, uh, I got adopted. We moved to New Brunswick. I lived in a trailer park. Um, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have much. We, uh, we lived by a golf course. And so when I was 13 and I was bored and had nothing to do one day in the summer, my parents are like, you know, why don't you go over to the golf course and, and see if you can get a job caddy. And so I went over there and got a job and worked at the golf course for the next six, five, six, seven years. But that winter, when that winter rolled around and I was 13, the town I grew up in at the time was about 1200 people in, in New Brunswick, small town, one rink, uh, no traffic lights. Like it was a small town. And uh, so the winter rolled around and I missed having the spending money um that I had during the hockey season and or the, the golf season so mom and dad were like well you know because I obviously played a lot and 
and like every Canadian kid and especially in a small town we all played and and uh they're like why don't you uh ref the little kids you know the six eight year olds and so that's how I started and I started doing it I think it was five six bucks a game I was getting paid and and uh kept doing it and and I don't want to say at the time I fell in love with it that the money was good and I enjoyed it and and then probably in my early 20s uh, the American Hockey League was big in the Maritimes back then. You had the Nova Scotia Voyagers, you had the Fredericton, Fredericton Express, Moncton Hawks, uh, Cape Breton Oilers. You had five or six teams in the American League. So then I became a local linesman. So the NHL, just like when I got hired, uh, they would send in NHL officials that were just working the American League and send them to St. John and Fredericton, New Brunswick and, and uh, Moncton and so on. And I was a local linesman. And so then I was working with all these guys, Nick Magoo and Dvorsky and LaRue and Van Massenhoven, Wacom, who eventually became my boss. And, and, uh, and then the big break that I got was because back then we didn't have the Quebec league. Like now we have a lot of French officials in the league yeah. and guy and, and English guys that we have a lot of guys actually from New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, Gordy Dwyer, uh, John McIsaac, Gislaine Bear, Johnny Bear, Chris Lee, Matt McPherson, on and on. We got a lot of guys from the Maritimes now, but they got scouted when the Quebec league eventually went when, and I was long gone. So Back then, the NHL uh, didn't scout for referees in, in the Maritimes. They they all their scouting was in uh, the Ontario Hockey League and the Western Hockey League, and that's where all the refs came from. So the company I worked for, I worked for a bank. They moved me, they transferred me to Toronto, and I got into the OHL. And then that's that's when things took off from there. Perfect stopping point there. Your first game, I want to know about it in junior. And, you know, where was it? How was it? I mean, what was the atmosphere like? How was it? Yeah, walk us through your first Yeah, time. it was – so So they gave me – they said, this is what we're going to do because I really didn't have any reffing experience. And they said, we're going to give you three exhibition games and we're going to send out – they sent out their top guys, uh, supervised John uh, – Jimmy Lever, Ken Bowden-Distel. They were big wigs in the OHL. And if they liked you, you were going to get in. So first couple games I did, the first one I did was in Guelph and EJ McGuire, who was a longtime coach and, and so on with the league. And he was uh, the coach. And, you know, I was nervous. I, you know, I'd never refed obviously at, at that level before. And for whatever reason, the three games that I did went well. And they were like, okay, we're going to bring you on as a ref. Um, and you're going to work until January. And then after January, you're um, gonna, we're gonna put you back on the lines because the games mean more and we're gonna use our senior guys and so on. And I was 28 at the time, 29. And, you know, I just, I was a new guy. And, you know, I remember I was working Oshawa, Peterborough and bench clearing brawls. And I didn't know, I didn't give a shit. I didn't, I, I kind of knew who the Oshawa generals were but I really didn't growing up in New Brunswick. And I'm, you know, I'm, firing guys in the box and the crowds they're losing their shit because they're like who's this guy like and so the so my games went well and and January rolled around they're like we want you to keep roughing and then all of a sudden the playoffs came around and they sent out the list of who was roughing and and chosen for the playoffs and I was fortunate enough that I was picked to work the playoffs and there were a lot of senior guys at the time in the OHL like these guys have been roughing in the league for 15 20 years 
and they didn't like that this guy yeah, was first year was getting playoffs. So I'm like, okay, okay, this is great. I'll get I'll get some playoff games, and and then first round ends, and they're like, you know, my games are going good, and they're like, okay, we want you to work the second round, and then the second round ends, we want you to work the third round, and then I worked the finals in my first year in the OHL. So then that's when I really got put on the radar with. Uh, with the NHL because the NHL office is and, and was in Toronto at the time and and that's you know you're working you're working playoff games in the OHL as the young ref the, the like John D'Amico and Brian Lewis and these old guys that are retired they would go out and watch these games and and uh, um, yeah that's kind of how it took off I you know right place right time and you know I was lucky. Tim, what kind of what kind of big players were in the OHL when you were reffing there? Well, they uh, all those guys like Joe Vanoski and and uh, Sean Avery. Sean Avery was in. <laughs> I think he was playing in Owen Sound. And um, God, I, I, I'm trying to remember. You know, that was so so long ago. Um, that would have been like what 96, 97, yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, 96. I should actually. I forget, you know, sometimes DJ Smith was playing for the Spitfires. Wow. Wow. Uh, Sean Thornton was playing. Um, yeah, there were a lot of guys. Top customers you're repping back then. It, it was a tough weird. league. It was yeah. a tough league. Like, you know, not like today's hockey. We had bench clearing brawls and we had fights every night. And I had a game in Sarnia and they still, I, I, I got to get in contact with David Leguan because he's the owner of the team now because and I know Leggy from when he played in the NHL. So funny story. I'm working in Sarnia and, and uh, it was a playoff game. And I waved off two goals one night against Sarnia. And Mark oh, yeah. Hunter was the, was the coach at the time. And he was so mad that um, he phoned the NHL because he knew they were looking at me. And he phoned them and said, don't hire this guy. He sucks. He's brutal, blah, blah, blah. So... <laughs> So I had to go back to Sarnia about a week later to ref, and we had to get a police escort out of town that night in Sarnia. And, and so we're in the dressing room before the game, three-man crew, and we're talking, and I go, guys, like, it could get ugly here tonight. Like, I, I, the fans are going to lose their shit when because we had our names on our back. And I said, I don't know what to expect, but it could get crazy. And the, and the lines were like, ah, it's not going to be that bad, whatever. So we come out of the, we come out of the gate and it's right beside uh, one of the benches. And so the fans on fans can't really see who's roughing yet. And it was like the, it was like the wave because as I skated around the ice and everybody could see my name on the back, it was just, they started booing the whole way around and they booed me the entire night. So then all of a sudden, over oh, the next year or two, they, I'd ref them a lot and they got on a roll and I'd work playoff games and, and they were winning with me refing. And so I find out a few, three, four years later, guys that had come up with the, in the OHL and were, were refs and, and had been hired now in the NHL. They're like, Peelzy, you're not going to believe this. They go, you've been gone for like five, six, seven years. Now, now I've been gone 20 years, but they, if a ref screws up a call and there's a call they don't like, 
they literally to this day chant in Sarnia, we want Peel. The whole building will start chanting, <laughs> it's hilarious, it blows me away. Yeah, and these guys that would come up through the OHL, they're like, they still chant your name in Sarnia, it's hilarious. So I told, I got I, I got to get in touch with Legmon and say, I need to come into town and like, have a have a uh, drop the ceremonial puck and have a Tim Peel night in Sarnia. <laughs> so it's funny though because how hockey is, and that's the great thing about our sport, is they go from hating you to like loving you. And it's yeah. there's this guy in in Philadelphia. He's the sign guy, and he's oh, behind yes. the he's behind the visitors net, and he's got a stack of signs, probably 30, 40 of them. And every time I'd come out on the ice in Philly. He'd go peel, he'd hold up the sign, peel, you suck. And so one night we're at, we're, you know, I was always known to party a lot in the road and go out after the games and have fun. And so I mean, I, he comes up to me at a bar one night in Philly and he's like, Hey, I'm the sign guy. And I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And I was nice to him. I didn't care. And so we drank all night and I probably bought his beers. And so then from that was like 15 years ago that I met this guy and up until I retired, he, every game I would skate out on the ice, he'd hold up a sign, welcome back, Peel. I'd give him a pump like this and, and point at him. And now I now he loved me. It's like I never it never bothered me when people would like chant ref you suck. I'd always like I kind of like you loved it. off of it and, yeah, you and loved it. it. I was like, dude, I'm in the NHL. I'm from a town of a thousand people. I grew up in a trailer park and I'm working in Montreal. Toronto, Montreal on a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. Like it doesn't get any better than this. You know, These assholes eating popcorn and chips and beers yeah. are paying 300 bucks to trip you. Yeah. Right. You're winning for sure. <laughs> hey, Drew, Drew and Ripper, did you guys, did you guys ref when you were kids? Um, no, I ref. Well, I, I did a tournament one time. Yeah. Yeah. I ref my dad's spring hockey tournament every year. I've never taken a refing course in my life, but, uh, mm. I have been told that I like, I should probably start like trying to get into it after my hockey career, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not good no. at it. I, think I did it for like I a year the, and a half. I think the refs in Regina are just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, uh, our, like, you know, I know it's a problem in Canada too. And it's a problem here in St. Louis. Like these parents are out of control. I think the parents should learn, should take a reffing course and realize how difficult it is because the way that they act and, and berate these kids that are 14, 15 years yeah. old, I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? They're, they're yeah. crazy, you know. Because there's probably going to come a point when you, it just people are just not going to want to ref anymore. And they're going to say, right. there's no refs. And now you're playing with no refs. Right. Exactly. So, Drew, you're a golfer, right? I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read that. And Tori, yeah, all three here, yeah. Yeah, Tori's. Uh, he was a he's a college uh, alumni down in uh, Mercedes School again, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. Nice. Uh, Turner's uh, a recent. What do you check the game notes, but four cap. <laughs> yeah, four cap. Yeah, and then I just been playing uh, forever and just uh, a solid, average amateur. Golfer. Yeah, yeah, I play a lot too. That's what I do all summer. Panger and I play a lot together, and a bunch of other guys, ex-players, and that were members at a club. That it's nice. I I was grew up in a trailer park and lived by the country club that I was like not a member of. Now I'm a member of one, yeah. which is kind of nice. So, yeah, I play a lot of golf. It's that's my love. So when I was uh, when I was in junior hockey and I was getting heavily recruited by Lindenwood, which is St. Louis. Lindenwood, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was actually like 
investing my time like when i was thinking about where i was going was looking at the golf courses in st louis yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you know Feels what, like, like, we, we play year round here it's cold here today yeah. it's probably like 19 but christmas day was 68 70 uh we get a lot of good weather in st louis so our course is open year round and we go over and bang it bang it around and tiger's course isn't too far from you guys either no exactly that's down in branson and yeah. uh i haven't played it yet but it looks beautiful yeah where do you play in in missouri it's called meadowbrook country club okay and uh nice track uh it, it's a great course um but talking about golf the best foursome i ever had was this summer uh panger uh vacations up in michigan he's got a house up in michigan and him and stevie y Eiserman, they're good friends. They grew up together in Nepean, in Ottawa. And so I flew up to play golf with Panger for three or four days. And, and he goes, hey, we're, tomorrow we're playing at Oakland Hills. Um, you know, they've had Ryder Cups there, everything else. And our foursome was was me, Panger, Kenny Holland, and Steve Eiserman. Wow. I was like, this is pretty cool. Not bad. This is pretty cool. And I kicked Steve out of a game 20 years ago and we didn't talk for a long time. So, um, so we didn't. A little awkward in the first tee, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, walk us through the game. What's your, what's your handicap? And, uh, it's, I sound like the guy that, yeah, I sound like, I sound, sound like the guy that, that doesn't play hockey anymore. He goes, yeah, I could have played junior, but I blew up my knee and it'd be all my buddies <laughs> like that. Right. But I was a seven and then I went up to a 14 in the last two summers and I had surgery on my thumb back uh, six wow. weeks ago. I had it, my thumb was just, it, it, I had broken it a few times, my hand and it had build up arthritis in it. And so every time I bring it to the top, this, you know, your thumb goes down and every time I bring it up, it was just like, oh, but I didn't want to get it. I didn't want to get the surgery done during the hockey season because I'd missed a few weeks and I didn't want to get it done at the end of the summer or the end of the oh. season because then I'd miss golf. So I just kept getting cortisone shots for the past three years. <laughs> and uh, and then it got there. Finally, the, the ortho is like, you can't have any more cortisone shots. So I'm like, you know what? This is a perfect time. So I'm actually excited to play golf this year and, and be pain free and get my game back to where, where it should be. So. Okay. Well, before we get more into more golf talk here, Tim, I want to just bring up uh, your first NHL game, uh, walk us through the call up the day leading up to it. Like, what are you, what are you doing? I mean, even a preparation side of things, uh, just fill us in. Yeah, it was uh, October 21st, October, 20, October 21st, 1999. Uh, here's a picture of a young Tim Peel. Uh, Ottawa, Colorado. Ottawa, Colorado. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I was excited, of course, and, and nervous as, as hell. And, um, you know, I, I, back then, uh, Don Van Massenhoven, who was a really good referee, longtime referee, uh, Brad Kovacic, who's still lining in the NHL and Pat Tapuzo. And it's, it's when you work with senior guy, you know, cause they obviously put you with the senior crew cause it's your yeah. first game and, and they just make you feel comfortable and, you know, try to make you feel like you belong there and so on. And, and I was nervous, but after I called, you know, my first couple of penalties, I relaxed and, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I can handle it up here. And, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. It's something that I'll, I'll never forget. And, and uh, it was just a, it was a great experience. You know, I, like I said, I, I had many times 
throughout when I was in the minor leagues. I was working a game at many times when I was in the minor leagues that I thought I'd never make it to the NHL. And one time I was, do you guys remember it was, it was the old international hockey league, the IHL. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a tough league. And, the Iron league. and, Turner and it was my last year. I, I was, I was back then I was called an NHL trainee and you, you there were NHL trainees. They don't have this program anymore. Then you had the NHL contracted guys that worked the American league, but the trainees were guys that they were, you were pro, a prospect. And on the weekends I'd go work in the IHL and it, it was in 1997. It was just before I, I uh, uh, got hired. They were trying the two, the four referee system, the four official system in a, in a, a IHL game in Detroit with the Detroit Vipers and Bob McCammon, who ran the league and Brian Lewis, who was the director of officiating um were coming in to to watch this game and they had picked me to referee with a local guy that wasn't a prospect or anything but they brought me in and because they you know they wanted to bring in I guess one of their good guys but it's it's funny how I'm not bragging because I I screwed up the game so um so they so that they're all there they want to see how this four-man system is going to work and and so we're late in the game and and we got a TV to or a timeout with like a minute and a half to go. It's a tie game. And I looked at this young, young referee and I'm like, Hey, like we don't need it. Because back then you didn't call any penalties. Right. This is 96, 97. And I said, we don't, I said, let me close this door. Hold Tim has just made a, a closing door movement here on the pod. We'll be right back. Oh, sorry. My wife decided she was going to vacuum. So, um, so anyway, I go, that's a good problem. Time. What's that? That's a good problem. Yeah. So I said, I said, uh, we don't need any penalties late. I said, let's just let them rock and so on. So anyway, I just had a complete brain fart. And for whatever reason, I call a trip in the neutral zone. It was a trip. It was a trip, but I, back then you didn't call a trip in the neutral zone. It wasn't a scoring opportunity. And so of course it was it was against the home team the vipers and and the visiting team of course scores in the power play and the vipers are chasing me off the ice brad shaw that's a coach and ludzig was coaching and um all these guys uh um that played eventually played in the nhl and so i knew i had screwed the call up and i come in the dressing room and i throw my helmet against the wall and now i gotta drive four hours three and a, three hours back to toronto to go work at the bank the next morning and brian lewis comes in and he and he goes like this he says come here so because he didn't want to talk to me in front of the other officials and so he takes me out in the hallway and i swear to god this is the only thing he said he looks at me he goes maybe you're not as good as you think you are and he did a, he did a 180 and walked away and that's the only thing he said. So I'm driving back while well, I'm thinking, well, that this was, I had a good career. In my, you know, <laughs> this is it. I'm not getting hired. Raise at the bank. Yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm not getting hired by the NHL. And so, so, you know, when I eventually made it, it was like, you know what? It, Cause there were a lot of ups and downs. It wasn't always good. Like you're in the minor leagues and you had good games and bad games and, unfortunately some bad games when there were important people there watching you and you know you just uh you just keep kept grinding and hoping that it would one day happen and then eventually it obviously did so 
So I, I can't I can't get over the first game like in the late nineties, Ottawa. You said Ottawa and Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Like that that those were some some big boys there. Yeah, that's you know Alfredson and those guys were playing back then. And Chris and, Drury uh, was young there, wasn't he there still? Yeah, Drury and yeah. Yeah, Edu, Forsberg, Sackick, Sackick, all those Ron guys, Blake. Patrick, Patrick Waugh, all those guys. Yeah, it was fun. That was uh, Adam Foot played for Colorado, and yeah, that was you know those guys. Like I remember one of the first penalties I called in the league was against Messier, and and, it, and actually I was working with Van Massenhoven again, and uh, and and mess is just chasing me to the box like he's just giving it to me like i'm a i'm nobody like he doesn't even know, he doesn't know my name i am nobody and van mass went over to him uh next tv timeout and said hey mess it's like the kid's fifth game like ease up on him and and mess came out and he's and taps me he goes welcome to the league and i go thanks thanks mess okay. so but they they wanted to test you and see if you could handle it and and uh funny story when i first time i refereed mario lemieux like it was mario lemieux i'm like Are you, this this guy like i loved watching him play and, and we were at the old igloo in pittsburgh and i'm dropping the puck to start the game and i didn't even know what to say and i i came off sound like such a loser and a nerd <laughs> and i look i look at him and and he he had ccm he wore ccm skates and i looked down and i go those are nice skates and he goes uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, those are nice. Games. I sound like such a loser. Uh, but yeah, it was a thrill. You know, I, I, I'm glad I came up through that era. Like, like, yeah. you know, Eric Lindros and, and the Kachuk, you know, Keith Kachuk and McGinnis and, and Iserman, Joey Kosher and Domi and Matt Sundin. And, you know, those guys are legends in the game. And, and that's when hockey Darcy Tucker and, and Trevor Linden and just, you know, you go on and on like that's, I love that era that I came up in and, and, you know, the Legion of doom line with Leclerc and Renberg and Lindros, they were all over yeah. six, four. And, you know, that was hockey, man. Like that was tough hockey. They, they, you know, it was Keith Primo played on that team. Like there were big boys back then. We had fights and it was rough. Medano was a wagon back then. Medano was awesome. And, you know, I've, I've been to three or four blues games this year and, and I, I love it. I think our great game is awesome right now, but Jamal Mayers and I actually went to the game together and I go, dude, no one's even throwing a check out here. Like no one's even hitting any, there's not even a hit anymore. And now if there's a big hit, like Truba, like Truba, Truba laid out two guys and had to fight because he laid out two guys. Like that bothers me now that if someone leave, uh, uh, lays a, a nice clean hit, that all of a sudden now he's got to fight. I don't understand that. It's it. I, I talked. I talked to my dad the other day. I was watching a game and like we would get so much shit. Like once we start peewee and there's hitting, you go into a corner and like put your stick out. You know, like that to get the puck instead of like running through the guy, we would get hell when we got back to the bench. If we did that now they're, they're all doing that. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm not trashing them. I mean, they're world-class athletes, but it's crazy how, how different it is. 
Yeah, and you see some guys they get they get plastered into the boards from behind because they don't protect themselves. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand that. You know. Yeah. But the game's changed, and and you know what? It's fun to watch. The speed's incredible, and you know you're watching McDavid, and you know I watched the Pittsburgh St. Louis game last night, and and Sid's still good, man. Like he took over that game. He was pissed off. Nikola, Nikola punched him in the face and caught him. The visor caught him and he had to go off. And I guarantee you, I was talking to Panger this morning about it because Panger did the game on TNT here in, in the U.S. And I said, I guarantee you, um, Sid went, was in there going, I'm taking this game over because yeah. he came out and he just dominated. And, you know, the guy's still a stud. I love the guy. He sent me a jersey. He's such a tremendous person. You know, he, everyone knows he was whiny when he came in the league, but people don't realize he was only 18, 19 years old. Like and he's he competitive. Yeah. Yeah. He was so immature and, and like I was when I was that age. And, and, uh, but the guy is the best. Uh, he came up to me and he's like, Hey, I heard you did a thousand games a few weeks ago in St. Louis. And I said, Yeah. Yeah. And, and that summer, I don't know, he, he got it from, well, I know how he got it. He got it from the equipment manager because the equipment manager texts me in the summer and it's like, hey, what's your address? And Jersey shows up at the house from Sid. I got it downstairs to PLZ. Wow. You know, congrats and Sweet. thanks for everything you've done in the game. It's been great working with you. Like our hockey guys are such tremendous people. Like um, I broke my fibula December 12th of 2019. Jonathan Taze fell on me in Arizona and uh so I I wanted to you know I wanted to get back in time for the playoffs and so I rehab like crazy for three months and I get back March the first I go down to the American League I do a couple games get back up and I did three games before COVID shut the season down and the third game was in Detroit and Chicago was playing there and so I come on the ice and Larkin and, and Duncan Keith and Seabrook and everyone's like, hey, Peelzy, good to see you. How's your leg? Good, good. And now to backtrack, when I broke my leg, I was hobbling out on crutches in Arizona, going down the ramp to the rent car and Seabrook or uh, uh, Taser and Debrinket are behind me. And Taser goes, Timmy, what happened? I go, well, you know, you fell on my leg, you broke it. Like you didn't even realize it. And so, so now I'm roughing them three months later, and everyone's saying hi to me. Everyone's like, hey, Pilsy, how you doing? What's and he doesn't say a word. He doesn't come up to me. I'm like, dude, you're the one that broke my leg. Like, you should come up and say, Hey, how you doing? Good to see you back. So I fly home and I tell my wife this, and and but I, I found out later it's just because he is so focused, like he is such a pro and he's so focused. So that summer rolls around, a big box in the front step. I go outside. It's a Taze jersey, the nice red Blackhawk one, right? Beautiful, uh, uh, you know, thing he wrote in the back. Um, a case of wine from uh, Valerie Bury's winery that he's got in California. A gift certificate to a steak place in Chicago. So I take I take a picture of it and I send it to Quenville because Q is, it was in Florida by then and and I text it to him. I go, look what Taze did. And, you know, Joel had won three cups with Taze. And obviously they had a good relationship. And 
he goes, he Joel doesn't even text me back. He calls, he goes, he goes, that's what he's like. He goes, he's like the best, one of the best people ever. So I said, can you give me his number? I'd like to call and thank him. So Joel gives me his number. So I go to Bronson, my nine-year-old, and he was seven at the time. I go, I said, Hey, we're going to call Jonathan Tace. And he goes, Oh, that's cool and so so i called I, so i text taser first today can i call and he's like absolutely so i call him up and i said yeah my boy's here taser and and uh, he's a big hockey player and and i swear to god it was so funny i uh jonathan goes hey bronson he goes who's your favorite blackhawk player and bronson doesn't miss a beat he goes patrick king <laughs> Suck it. Days <laughs> just starts laughing and I'm laughing. But those are hockey players, they're just great people. And yeah. you know, it's fun. So I, you, it was fun. So you you talk about all these guys that you kind of came up with in, in the in the nineties and early two thousands. Were there any guys that you kind of like butt heads with? Any other players that you felt like you had his number? Or he was always on you when you ref them? Um Nobody in particular, like, like you would get into arguments and there was a guy and a lot of people don't remember him because he didn't play a long time in the NHL. His name was Tyler Wright. And I think he works. In fact, I know he works for the Oilers now, maybe player personnel or whatever. Yeah, still, yeah. And, and, and he, he hated me and I didn't like him much either, but it's funny it's actually a good question the Turner that you brought up because there was one player and it's funny how things go full circle his name was David Clarkson Clarkson played for Jersey Toronto Columbus and played for four teams I forget the fourth and he hated refs like I mean he despised them yep. and he I was know. just uh, he was just not fun to officiate he was just a, a, yep. a he was disrespectful to the officials and he just he just hated officials so um when my thing went down it was march 23rd and i fly home from nashville that was tuesday night i fly home from nashville wednesday morning and my phone rings and it's a columbus number and and i don't rec- i don't have the guy's name in my phone and and so i answer it and it's david clarkson and he goes, hey, Timmy, he says, it's David Clarkson. And honestly, guys, like for a split second, I go, man, he's going to say, it looks good on you. You know, I never liked you anyway. And, and but it was the total opposite. He goes, he goes, I'm, I retired now. I'm, I'm retired and live in Denver. And I was playing with some ex-players today. And we were just talking about what a travesty is, what happened to you. And he goes, I just wanted you to know, he goes, two things. He goes, I know I wasn't easy to officiate. But he says in every room, he says, we always had up on the board who the refs and linesmen were that night. And, and he goes, even though I know I was tough to get along with, he goes, when we saw your name, we knew we had one of the best refs in the league, but we also knew we had one of the fairest refs in the league. And he says, I just wanted you to know that. And, and then he actually, um, I think it's his son or here he coaches, but he was in town for the nationals like a month later and we have a few beers together up at the rink and, and and it's funny how life you know now you know it meant a lot because it's easy for your friends to call when you're down and when you get kicked in the balls but when when a guy that you don't even think ever liked you takes the takes the time to get my number call me and it yeah. it, it showed yeah. that you know you never want to be you never want to be liked in the league 
it's impossible to be liked by all the players. You just want to be respected. And, and I think that that's that kind of in, in endorsed that I knew I was respected by the players, even though they always didn't like what, how, you know, calls that I made and so on. And that's all you ever want at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how you bring that up because Chris Schlanker used to play for the Pats, ref now in the right. NHL. He, so my dad worked for the Pats for a long time and he was with Schlanks a ton. And he said Schlanks would just abuse refs and he was a bully out there. And now he's, now he's reffing. Yeah. Ref, now he's in the NHL. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny how it comes full circle. Yeah. Timmy, I have uh, one more here, and then I don't know what these guys have, but then I want to go to our questions from the gallery because this has been unbelievable. I wish this thing would never end. But um, one place that you've refed, whether it be you know Europe or the Olympics or anything cool or standout place that you've been that you're you're kind of like wow, like you know this is this is this is the real deal that we're here. Yeah, you know the obvious answer is working the bronze medal game at the Olympics between USA and Finland. You know, obviously. That was a tremendous experience and working with your, you know, I worked with a Russian referee and, and uh, European linesman and be able to, to be at the Olympics and, you know, be there with, you know, there were seven of us that came over from, from North America, seven NHL refs and then seven uh, linesmen as well. Um, but any pretty much really like the playoffs are the best. Like when you, you should bring your game every night, whether you're working in Columbus on a Tuesday night or hockey night in Canada and Montreal yeah. on a Saturday night. And, but let's be honest, you obviously get pumped up for more, for, for uh, some games more than others. And I just remember working the playoffs and coming out, you know, coming out of that tunnel in Montreal and the fans are going, you know, back, this is when Price and Halak and, and, and that this was a series that, Halak uh, took over. I don't know if Pricer was struggling, but Halak stopped, stopped 56 or 65 shots against Washington. And, and, uh, and that series was phenomenal. And then I worked a game seven in at Madison Square Garden. It was the last game seven that the Philly, that the Flyers and the Rangers have played. That was in 2014. And you know, you, you got selected to work game seven, which means they, they're ha really happy with the job you're doing. And an hour and a half before the game, you're sitting in there and it's Madison Square Garden, you know, the most famous arena in the, in the world. And you they're chanting, let's go Rangers, an hour and a half for the game. And, and you come out of that tunnel and the lights are down and you come out and, you know, you don't need a Red Bull to get you pumped up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're ready to go. You're like, this is friggin' awesome. Like, I am ready to go. And so any playoff game, like, I loved working the playoffs because just it's amazing. It always amazes me how these athletes can play 82 games. And then when the playoffs roll around, they actually oh, bring their game up two or three notches. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's, and that's why I like, just like you guys, the first round of the playoffs is the most exciting. We got three or four games going on every night. And, and so, you know, just any of those playoff games in the Olympics and, uh, and then, and then getting to, I was fortunate enough, 2009 was fun working the outdoor game at Wrigley. Uh, but then when I got to work it in 2014 or 17, when it, when it was in St. Louis at Bush Stadium, 
And because, because I've lived here for 20 years now and I've known so many people and having my, all my friends there and having my family there and being able to work an outdoor game at a, at a baseball stadium that, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals, as you, you know, you guys know, have been a great team for a long time. And, yep. and uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a, that was a great memory that I, that I'll cherish forever. Awesome. All right, Tim, going to our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Molson Coors. Coors Seltzer's on a mission helping restore fresh water to Canada's rivers through the Change the Coors Foundation. Enjoy the Coors Seltzer Mixer Pack with four great flavors, black cherry, mango, grapefruit, and lemon lime. There's many more now, but uh, mango. Turner will tell you all about them. Mango's a wagon. Please drink responsibly and get home safe at all times. Tim, we're going to the Questions from the Gallery. Uh-oh. Kind of sound like our good buddy, uh, Steve Cooley's there. It's the roundup. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cooley. He's a weapon, that guy. I love that guy. Yeah, he is. I don't know how he does, how he, he keeps that energy up for uh, two, three, four this. hours. It's amazing. Yeah. He's awesome. All right. My first one here, favorite beverage after a round? Bud Light. All right, Tim. We a, few Bud, Bud a, few Bud Lights, <laughs> a, few, a few Bud Lights, and then I'll switch to the red wine. Yeah. Or, or Coors Light. Yeah, there it is. There's the Coors Light. <laughs> Sorry, I, I do apologize. No, that's funny. I do live in St. Louis here, so it's that's kind good. of that's uh, kind of like Bronson with uh, Patrick Kane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Davey. Yeah, yeah, we just lost our sponsor. It's all good. All right, next one here, uh, Peeler. What is your lowest round you've ever shot? Seventy-four. Oh, nice. where was it? Here at Meadowbrook, um, the back piece? And, and back when I was a kid, but I've never been able to get any lower than 74. So right. hopefully this summer. Yeah. Tori. Um, where do you, Peeler, where do you play in St. Louis? It's called Meadowbrook country club. Oh, no, I asked that already. I'm, I'm such an idiot. What, what I meant to ask is, have you played Bell Reeve and how often? I have, I have, I've played there a few times and, uh, I'm lucky. I've got some friends that are members there. Uh, Al McGinnis being one of them, and then Doug Armstrong, the GM of the Blues, he's a member there as well. So they've I've been fortunate enough that they've both had me out there, and it's a great track. Obviously, that's where they had the P PGA a few years ago, and I went to that. And uh, talk about you know you guys uh, saw how well Tiger did there, and he said afterwards he goes these this crowd is the best crowd i've ever seen at a golf event like it was amazing the electricity with having him there was just phenomenal that was unbelievable yeah. that tournament all right a time in the nhl or junior most fired up coach you've ever interacted with um, and I only ever threw out, I only ever threw out one coach and which is amazing. And, and it was my, my, he turned out to be a friend of mine. And I, and I, I literally looked up to the guy cause I grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and Rick five, who was scoring 50 goals a year for years in the NHL. He then uh, went into coaching and he was coaching um, in St. John, New Brunswick for the American hockey league team. And uh, it was my first game back in St. John since I had been hired by the league. So 
everyone was talking about it and so on. And I was pumped up and I don't remember whether I had a good game or bad game, but all I know is, is he emptied the bench with all the sticks. He threw every stick on the ice (laughs) and I had to, I had to kick Viver out and I felt so bad because I looked up to that guy, you know, he was my hero growing up and then, you know, torts, torts, everyone knows torts, but torts was just a John Tortorella is like a tremendous human being but I loved his passion and we'd get into it and then I'd see him after and he was just that's just his persona on the bench but you know he is such a good person and and but he would be a coach that that I that would get fired up and then on the other spectrum a coach that wouldn't get fired up but when I first came in the league was Scotty Bowman he was coaching Detroit and that was a coach that I did not want to piss off. You know, I, I knew if I, cause Scotty had a lot of power in the league, you know, Scotty Bowman. And I knew if I had a bad game and, and, and Scotty could probably phone the commissioner and say, you can get rid of Peel right now. He carried <laughs> that much weight. So follow-up question. You might know the stat. I don't think I've ever seen it in the NHL. How many coaches have ever been kicked out of a game? Do not know that. I don't know. There's not many anymore, you know, um, I'm going to say, you know, and, and, but as far as the stat, I honestly don't know that. And then, uh, you know, there really aren't, we have a lot of good guys in this league, you know, um, the coaches and and GMs and presidents and and so on that reached out to me when my thing went down, you know, Dallas Eakin and Daryl Sutter and John Tortorella and, and on and on, like you have a lot of Claude Julian and, we have a lot of good people and they get worked up, but it's an emotional sport. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, Brian Boyle yelled at me. He was mad at me for something. He was playing, uh, the game was in Tampa. I can't remember whether he was playing for Tampa or another team. Cause he's played for a few and, and next shift he came out and he's like, Hey PLC, I'm sorry for yelling. And I said, I looked right at him. I said, don't you ever apologize for, for yelling at me? I said, I said, I'll let you know when you cross the line, but I said, we need more emotion in this game. I said, I'm emotional. You're, I said, that, that's hockey. We're emotional out here. And uh, so I never tried to, I wish I had been more like that earlier in my career where I took it more personal um, as in the last probably 10, 15 years of my career, I realized like, Hey, they're not yelling. They're not mad at Tim Peel. They're just mad at, at the guy with the, with the stripes. So, yeah. yeah boys Tori. all right I'll, I'll go ahead um as as far as like like being a rep jumping back and forth between nhl and ahl like do you guys have one ways like the players or do you get paid differently between the two or how yeah, does no, that work no that's a good question so we've got right now we've got 11 guys in the american hockey league and they're making x amount of money they're 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 a salaried employee um and then when they get called up to work in an nhl game and because of covid and and we've got guys out injured right now a lot of those guys in the american league have been getting called up and then they'll get paid uh per game um i don't know the exact amount but they get a bonus for every game that they get called up so they get reimbursed for for doing an nhl game and they get a premium you know uh, a bonus for from going to the American League to the NHL. Okay. Well, Tim, um, this whole interview today has been unbelievable. Um, 
what happened to you, I, I don't agree with it. So, and obviously, oh, everyone, everyone that nope. reaches out to you has said you're a good dude. In this no. hour, and we've talked, we've talked on the via text for about four months here. Um, top-notch guy, man. I mean, yeah. I, well, I appreciate it. And, and, and honestly, the, the whole thing with me, it's funny how life works because even when, when it happened, my wife said to me, she goes, she goes, you know, the only time that I was really upset was, was because I was doing my final game four weeks to the day, April 24th in St. Louis. And, you know, I had, we, the blues had, had, were a tremendous organization. They had done tickets up that said Tim Peel's final game. Oh, um, no you know, I had my family and friends and, and the only time that I ever got upset was that happened on a Tuesday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, when the kids came home from school and before quick story before that, um, that was the day uh, that Wednesday on, on March 24th, when Bobby Plager got in a car accident and died. And I had talked to chaser in the morning about my thing. And he called me at one 30 in the afternoon. And he's like, he's like, Hey, I, I got some bad news. He goes, uh, I hate to tell you this on with what you're dealing with today. He says, but Bobby just died. And I was like, I was heartbroken because I, I love Bobby. And, and he was yeah. just such a funny guy and a good, and my, he was, he loved my kids and they loved him. And so anyways, but Chaser's exact line was, he goes, he goes, he goes, Bobby loved because social media, as you guys know, was blowing up. You know, I was yeah. in the U S I was on CNN. I was on Fox. I was on the golf channel for all you golfers. Like they never talk about hockey <laughs> I was on everywhere. Right. And he goes, and, and Chaser goes, Bobby and Twitter, you know, obviously social media was going crazy. And, and, and he goes, Bobby loved you so much. He goes, he thought he'd take the heat off you today. And it still chokes me up when I hear that because all of a sudden social media in St. Louis went from Tim Peel to, to Bobby Plager. Yeah. And then the kids came home and as soon as I saw them, it was the only time I cried. And, and part of me was because of what happened. And then I, I had to tell them that Bobby had, had died and and then but anyway subsequent so oh another funny story so i'm driving my daughter that afternoon that afternoon uh the horseback riding and i'm kind of like surviving that day you know i got a lot of shit on my mind but i'm surviving i'm like hey it is what it is and so yeah. i'm driving she's seven years old and we're driving out to the horse stables and and she goes dada she goes no tisha my wife had never told her that i, I got fired and and she goes, Dada, can you do me a favor? I said, yeah, baby girl, what's up? And she goes, can you tell people that you weren't fired by the NHL? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. So, so, but it was funny because Quinville and Roanick uh, and a bunch of other people, they called me that day. And, and they're like, you know what? You're going to be fine. I know it sucks right now, but actually... I think a lot of good things are going to come out of this. And I said to my wife, I go, I go, babe, I go, I, I was adopted. I grew up in a trailer park. I go, I go, I did not have an easy life. I go, I've been kicked in the balls many times throughout my life. But I said, I said, it's how you come out on the other end of it. And I have this referee school here in St. Louis and, and we had it, we have it every June and, and this parent, so we're, we're at the camp and I bring in Joe Fatale and last year I brought in Cam Jansen and they pumped the kids up before the camp. And I didn't want my story to be the opening of camp. I wanted it to be upbeat. And so anyway, about day two or day three, we're showing clips, NHL clips. And one of the clips was, was a, uh, a play with Victor Arvidsson, who was the guy that I called the penalty on. 
And one of the guys, one of the students being a smart ass, he, he said something. And so finally I go, I, I, I hit stop on the, on the TV and I go, I looked at the kids. I go, do you guys want to hear the story? And they go, yeah, yeah. We want to hear the story. <laughs> so I told the story and I said to them, I said, life's pretty good right now. If you, these kids are 14 to 21, I go, I said, you probably got a girlfriend. I said, mom and dad probably bought you a car in high school. I said, life's pretty good. But I said, guess what? You're going to get kicked in the balls throughout your life. I go, it's how you deal with it, your, the perseverance you show and so on. So one of these moms comes up to me the last day of the camp and she goes, she goes, I, w- I wish your camp was longer. I go, why is that? She goes, my son comes home. He just loves you. He talks about the life lessons that he's learning from you. And so throughout all of that and I said to Tisha my wife I go I go I've got a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old to set an example for that you know what life sucks sometimes but it's how you you no one's gonna feel sorry for me like no one so it's I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason and I was not gonna let a two because this guy that wants me to do public speaking he, he taped he take the, the, you know, my clip, he goes, do you know your clip was two seconds long, like two seconds. He goes, a two second clip is going to take away 23 years and all the good that you got, but that's the world we live in now. That's yeah. the, that's just the way it is. It's, you know, we're 15, maybe even 10 years ago, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal, but the era that we live in with social media and how things just go viral, how things just, you know, it's, it's, you make a mistake and now everybody wants to jump on you. So it's, it's fine. It's it, everything. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. So I, I appreciate you guys having me on. If you ever want to do it again, let me know. So I got to believe in the long run. It's almost been a good thing. Like I know you missed four months, but I, I feel like you've you've got a lot of media attention and and stuff yeah, no, like that. Actually, I only missed four weeks. Like I my for four I, weeks. Sorry. Yeah, four weeks. Yeah. So and and one thing I do want to say is as shitty as it was, um, that the NHL they like Bill Daly and Gary Bettman were phenomenal to me. They didn't affect my pension. They kept paying me. Nothing changed for me financially, except I didn't work the last four weeks of my career. And, and so, you know, credit to them and kudos to them because they take a lot of heat, especially in Canada on on different things, but they're good people. They, they could have dealt with my situation differently and, and they didn't. And so I, I certainly, and they know that I appreciate that. So, yeah, you know what, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Tori, like, like it or not it gave me name recognition you know like Quenville said to me he goes he goes you were known before but he says like it or not now he says you're really well known now so yeah that's, that's just that's life. yeah so, cnn tsn off the hosel it's a perfect feeler right yeah this golf is, channel yeah. <laughs> this is awesome plz uh like i said we had a blast today i want to do this again down the road if you don't mind um, we'll stay in touch and, um, yeah, thanks for coming. Gonna, you know what? I'm going to have a couple cores late tonight when there I, go. When there, I there, there you go. There you go. boy. Okay. Take care. PLZ. Thanks a lot. Boys. Thanks, Timmy. See ya. Last Mountain Distillery is a proud sponsor of Off the Hosel podcast. Located and distilled in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. Last Mountain Distillery is a family-owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. 
Our success lies in our commitment in producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling naturally-infused dill pickle vodka, our naturally-infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Be sure to check them out at any retailer around the province. Nothing better than supporting local and enjoying a taste for all. Alrighty, boys, episode 104. Welcome back, as they say, to the new year. Um, people probably were doubting us. Don't doubt us. Don't count us out, eh, Rip? No, not even once. All we do is step it up. We step it up. We got a big one here. Uh, Tim Peel. Uh, I really enjoyed the interview. Like I said, we could have talked for hours with this dude. He's funny. He's smart. He's intelligent. He's been around the game forever. Loves to golf. Uh, and just some good stories. Uh, Tori, thoughts on uh, the interview here? Like I said, it was awesome. I, I, it's so unfortunate the timing of what happened, and and I don't think he really wanted to go into it too much. Uh, you yeah. know better than me, but um, just four weeks shy of his retirement. But still, like, what a career! I mean, coming up, you know, from the minor minors all the way to be an NHL ref, and the players respecting him and stuff. Now he was he was deadly. Yeah, he's legit. Yeah, it was good shit. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the timing of, like, um, what happened to him and everything is so unfortunate, but we kind of talked about it in the interview. It kind of worked out almost, real, almost perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was better than him. Like, the only thing he did is he just missed out the last four weeks of his refing career. He still got paid and everything. And, and now he's, like, yeah, famous. Yeah, he went, like, he went famous for it, and he's got a lot of people in his corner because kind of what happened was – really not his fault horseshit. yeah it's yeah. kind of horseshit what happened to him I, th- I thought it was pretty cool too though that he said like the nhl still gave him like his full benefits and pension and all that <laughs> no like seriously because yeah. they they could have told him to go fuck himself yeah they handle it the right way is that, that funny coach no i just looked over and i saw tory's face and then i looked at my zoom handle name but um that's my bobo that's my boy mo uh sorry <laughs> It's just not my name on there. So, shout anyway. out Demo. Yeah, you uh, you're correct, Tori. Um, Turner, yes, both good points. Uh, what else we got here in the wrap, the roundup of 104? <laughs> I got a I got oh, a funny dude. story, and I should not share this, but I'm sure but should. I'm going to. We're going to. We have so, to. So, uh. Well, I guess we've already dropped F-bombs and S-bombs, so I'm going to be careful with my language uh, for any young listeners or parents with young listeners with them. There it is. So on Friday night, it was shortly after midnight, and we have a group chat going with myself, Koch, Rip, and Troy. And my wife and I were having adult making love relations love yeah you know that kind of thing and then i shit you not 0.2 seconds after the old mayonnaise truck came to town (laughs) i (laughs) i get a ding on the phone and my wife and i both died laughing 
so we got you know to wherever i needed to get my phone and she was like what did it say and all it said it was from rip and it said that's it <laughs> it was so good it's, it's me reminding you to take a piss after if you, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness the time the, but the timing though and she's probably slightly mortified that i'm telling this but at the same time she laughed and i i told her i was going to tell people yeah we're only human that would be funny Everyone does yeah. it. I, it's her, funny right? yeah it is the funny. act of you know relations like that that is it, it's Sarah, funny Tony? you can laugh at it Tori, we're Sarah? all adults what's that you said sarah yeah what if she would have just been like that's what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it's probably what she thought wait how do you know it's a live stream oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is unreal oh well let's be aware of our uh, our text messages in the group chat in certain hours of the night boys moving forward well, in, but, uh, in my mind it was a heart trophy performance so <laughs> cy young <laughs> oh lord i'm crying okay well what a way to finish up that's probably too, too way too much information but i i think a lot of people will enjoy that i just talk about getting buckled every weekend yeah it's perfect so but you know it, it's adult you you gotta laugh at stuff like that it was just hilarious yeah you gotta yep no complaints it was funny but boys episode 104 Episode 104. Uh, we missed Troy in this pod, boys. Yeah, we he, need him. We need him back. Talk. We need him back on here. Um, hopefully, he's back next week. Turner, Troy, or Tori. Oh, no. What? Uh, any last note here before we all leave? Is this, is this where it hit mute, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> so I can mess up the end song again? <laughs> no. Yeah. Any last note, and then we'll send it off because I'm crying. All well, I got to say is good. roll tide. Roll tide. Wish me luck in Georgia. All right, dude. Yeah. Good pod, fellas. Love you, boys. Peace. Love you guys. See ya.